The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests as individuals and do not necessarily reflect those of advertisers or sponsors. This show is intended as entertainment and commentary only. The producers strive for verisimilitude, but nothing said on this podcast should be taken as fact by the listener or viewer without performing due diligence. The existence, the physical universe, is basically playful. There is no necessity for it whatsoever. It isn't going anywhere. That is to say, it doesn't have some destination that it ought to arrive at. This is Keep Your Hat On. A show by three nerdy nobodies and one nerdy kind of somebody about nothing in particular. Keep Your Hat On is brought to you by the Narrow Band Broadcast Network and BBN. The focus is on you. By PodSquadPDX.com, Painless Podcasting, and by the kind support of KYHO fans everywhere through Patreon. Patreon, create on your own terms. On this episode... Ty asks a question. Chris asks more questions about the question. Andy tries to get to the actual question. And Dr. Mark, the thinky professional, answers with dog poop. I'm your wayfaring stranger, Mr. Brumage, along with Carlos, the analytical cyclopooch. And yeah, we're literally just phoning it in. Anywho, here's the guys. Andrew, Robert, Dr. Mark, and Chris. Hello and welcome back to Keep Your Hat On, the show where hell even we don't know where we're going to go. I'm Andrew Scott, along with my good friends Ty Robert Anthony hey. and Christopher Vacano. You. And the wayfaring stranger, <laughs> Dr. Mark Peterson. Hi-ho. How you doing, guys? How's <laughs> the intervening couple weeks been? It's been pretty exhausting and heavy, but uh, I'm okay. Uh, just slammed with work. Which no, is we great. actually we actually started talking right away. I was waiting for the crickets to get their shot at. Really, that. I know I miss the crickets. Yeah. We've been much better at that lately. But yeah, uh, I, I, I'm glad I'm glad Chris is okay. I, I've been also up to here with up to my elbows and alligators moving uh, into the city of Milwaukee. How's, oh, yeah. the, dog taking, how's the animals taking? Uh, the well, the, we have two dogs that are going to be shacking up with each other now for the first time, and they like each other. Good. So uh, the dogs are going to be okay. The really the real trick is going to be, we found a way to uh, to set up my twenty year old cat on her own floor. I was just going to say, does Fred get their Fred own, gets her own floor? Yeah, Fred gets nice. her own floor with a, a cat gate at the bottom of of the uh, third floor uh, stairs, so that she can sit on the landing and watch the new dog uh, try to get to her. <laughs> so is this is this just um. For acclimation purposes, or is this? Oh yeah, be... yeah. You know, you have to give cats a little time, right? They need to smell and all the rest yeah. of this. And yeah, yeah. And her right. dog, uh, my my significant other's dog, is really an awesome dog, but she's not used to cats, and so. so I got a quick question. Mm. I was thinking about this. It just brought this up. So, all in the wild, a bear, a wild cat, or like a wolf. Who do you think has the greater sense of smell? I mean, they all depend on it at that point. I would say right a... to wolf. I would say bear. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Dr. Mark and say I wolf. I kind of thought I kind of thought cat, 
Nah. Um, so that's that's an interesting question. We don't have an answer to it, but we'll throw it to the We don't have an answer. No, now I want to know. Everybody fucking Google that shit. <laughs> I don't I want want fucking well, I have another one too, now that you've talked about <laughs> okay. it. You have a cat. Apparently we're into this we're into <laughs> this segment of the show. I don't know what it's called. A cat, a bear, and a wolf. And which one of them uh supports the Copenhagen uh, thesis for uh, quantum realities. That's the question. <laughs> I would totally go cat in this regard. Oh, you know, no, that, wait, that wait, actually wait. has a lot of merit. Cat has a lot of merit. Will you there. repeat yeah. that yeah. question? I'm thinking No, I'm not able probably. to do that at this time, uh, Ty. I'm okay. sorry. No, don't, don't, don't trust him. Don't trust him. This is sleight of hand bullshit from a philosopher. <laughs> all right, all right. So, so a, a, a cat, a wolf, and a bear walk into a bar. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and I'm just going to leave it at that. Because <laughs> I got nothing else. That's yeah, because I got nothing. No, really it's good. it's been pretty good here in KYHO camp. Uh, you know, we're still seeing a little bit of uptick in listeners. So hello to all you new listeners. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining in. I have one piece of information to pass along. I'm going to be on a podcast called Who Makes a Podcast? And it will probably be airing, I think we said April. But I will fill you guys in more on it as the date approaches. Mm -hmm. But for all the people who are listening here, make sure to go check out Who Makes a Podcast. It's an interesting discussion with content creators and people like me and Chris and Ty and, mm -hmm. and uh, that, that decide to try to put something out in the world. But otherwise, what's been in the <laughs> news that's fascinated anybody in the last couple weeks? I'm just trying to get through the first segment without mentioning COVID. That's my goal. That's my goal for the show. I'm just trying to. I'm trying not to think about. I'm trying not to think about Ukraine. Actually. Right. <laughs> right. Well, our, well, as as we kind of previously discussed, uh, one of the articles that I saw was, uh, and we had brought this up on the show uh, previously, was uh, birds do not exist. Ah, and nice. Um, yes, you. This are gentleman right. was on Howard Stern. I believe that there might have been another article on him um, describing how he started it, how it's kind of there to um, satirically point fun at. Yeah, point the finger at disinformation. That really, really get into these conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and so that's in the news, and and uh, he was on Stern. So interesting. You know, um, they. Uh, the New York Times today had a report that that a, a bunch of linguistic analysts have tried have figured out who Q is. Oh, yeah, oh, that's interesting. This is this is news. I have not yeah, heard that. It's in the New York Times, and it turns out it was likely to be. You know, they can do this coefficient. Co what am I trying to say? Co-occurrence coefficients for pronoun usage and linguistic analysis, right? This is how they yeah. figured out, for instance, that J.K. Rowling had written this earlier, mm -hmm. you know, mystery novel, and, you know, did Shakespeare write Shakespeare and all that jazz, right? And so yeah. they found that it was probably the guy who first implemented, you know, who first, uh, who owned the website where Q first appeared. And then they also tracked a change, and apparently somebody, some other Q, you know, higher priest took over the process picked and so up they, and ran with there it. was a really great documentary the, the about bishop of dibley who the q bishop was. of dibley oh him again and and who q was i can't remember the name of the documentary there's a documentary out there and it spans two or three parts maybe mm. a, a eight um mm. talking about how q where q first popped up and who q might have been and it did say something about 
uh, that person dropping off and somebody else picking it up. Yeah, and there was a bunch now. of, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, having g- given that I've seen that I would, l- I would really like the name of the person they thought was Q towards the end. Cause that's the big part of the mystery. What's in the New York? I'm sorry. I don't have it up here. I don't uh, just, just uh, Google up New York times and Q and on, and it'll be there. I'm just going to say there's, Four dudes sitting around computers, and none of us can bother to look yeah. this shit up. I have the actual paper here. <laughs> look, I'm on a computer eight days a week already. Little little break doesn't hurt me. Oh, you got a uh, what is that thing? Uh, oh my it's god, actual. I haven't seen one of those in years. Shut up, <laughs> dear <laughs> dear listeners. Doctor Peterson yeah. has pulled out an absolute uh, relic of a bygone age. Uh, Shows you how old yes, he is. Yes, yes, He's flapping it. newspapers at us. It was an excuse to sit quietly in your room on a Sunday morning and, and with oh. right. You know. <laughs> yeah. uh, I wish we actually. I don't know that we have a large newspaper here in the. In oh, the here portal. we go. Um, uh, it turns out it was a guy named Ferber, who was a yeah. South African software developer. who was one of the first guys in on it. Yeah, yeah. Now that that mm-hmm. w- that part is actually in the documentary. Yeah, we are discussed. totally. What does Boomer need? What does know. Boomer need? Do you need to go outside? You're looking at me funny. I uh, my dog is becoming here. I have to show you this. If, if, yeah. If he'll, if What's up, Boom? Hang on a second. Hey, hey buddy, dog. This is the yeah, look. You know I he get. can't hear us, right? Yeah. He's got his headphones in. He can't hear us. He's just no. That's look. This is sort of like oh, that's the back. He's articulating, and it's like, do you need to go outside? But he's gotten a little senile here, so I don't know if this means he's hungry or needs to go outside. But I I think I'm going to take him out if that's okay. Yeah, why don't you do do a quick run? Tell you what, folks, we're going to be right back on the other side of this doggy break here on the Narrow Band Broadcast Network. I'm Andrew. That's Chris. That's Mark, and that's Ty. And we'll be right back. (laughs) Great way to throw a break. Ah, dog's got to move. More AD. Of an opening. <laughs> no. Holy cow, we bounce no. all over the place. Squirrel. Oh, cool. <sighs> hey, everybody. Michael, your stalwart announcer here, the voice of the Keep Your Hat On podcast. We really hope you're enjoying the shows we put out every month and the bonus goofiness we try and throw in. If you do, we'd really appreciate your support. While we'd love it if you could help us out with a monthly donation by heading over to patreon.com nbbn, please don't forget that you can also support us by telling your friends, relatives, the hot Amazon delivery guy, hell your potted fern, about the show, and do the like, click, and subscribe thing. That's free, and it helps us out more than you might suspect. We just want to keep putting something good out into this bananas world at this extra bananas time. And we want you along for the ride. No matter what, thanks so much for audio visualizing. Now, let's get back to the show. dog is like becoming senile this is like is having you know like parents who go into dementia or what it is because um i can't tell anymore he, he's not giving me the signals he used to give it's like do i need to go outside there's only two things the dogs care about i want to eat or i want to go outside right and in the morning we have our ritual about going for the walk but that's it and it's like he's kind of like he does this thing now where you'll say okay do you need to go outside and he does that oh. he does that head shake thing that allows oh. them to like jingle their their tags yeah. and everything yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if I'll say, I'll say, okay, 
and then we'll go he won't want to go out and I say are you hungry and then he'll shake his head again to jingle I think it could be that he's simply manipulating me actually for his own amusement now he could be smart enough to be doing that now yeah because when the dogs do that it's almost like they're shaking themselves out like all right let's go Yep, yeah, exactly. And, That's and, what it looks he, like. He just yeah. got you so programmed. So the other thing he does now too is like, and this is going to all change here in about a week and a half when we move downtown, is that we will be like apartment dwellers, which means I have to walk the dogs right. They get to when they go out, right? Like for real walk. For well, you know, I got to take them down to the end of the driveway to use the you know the median yeah. so they can pee. Are you guys not on much of by way of a plot? I mean, obviously, we have no, you're gonna... we have no lawn, man. Oh, it's awesome. No lawn. <laughs> I'm thinking about well, putting some sod in on the balcony so the dogs can like pee on the balcony. There you go. <laughs> well, there you go. But it's well, like, by the so, way, folks, welcome back to Keep Your Hat oh, On. We yeah. decided to start another segment. It just happened. You, yeah, it does. It we're spontaneous like that. Well, so let me ask you one more thing. Maybe you guys have had this happen. Yeah. So, but right now, because I live in the you know the 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 rolling bucolic kettle moraine of Wisconsin. Um, he's on a long lead, right? So I put him out in the backyard and he gets on this long, you know, about a 50 foot lead. And what he likes to do now is he gets himself caught by winding it around trees and stuff, you know, and around the car and around the garbage You come cans. out and it looks like a spider web with a dog at the end. <laughs> Some kind of cat's cradle affair. <laughs> and he was out there barking at me like, and there's a very specific bark, which is like, come and rescue me. Yeah, monkey, I need your assistance. See, that's, that's the monkey part that I'm interested in here. Yeah. Because I'm, I've started to suspect that he just does it for his own amusement. Right. Because right. I always come out and untangle it. And then it's like, and like really about, I don't know, 70, 80% of the time he's just fine. But um, uh, uh, more, you know, uh, every, every couple of days, he gets himself in a real pickle. Uh, all wound up you know usually i let him out for like an hour on his lead he comes and he'll be barking i'll go he's right at the back door Uh but no he started to like you know manipulate the you know track the lead around cars and around the garbage cans in ways that are like incomprehensible (laughs) and it's like why were you even in there yeah the whole time the whole time he's doing it he's thinking (laughs) dance monkey that's That's right i'm beginning to suspect that that i'm being manipulated i'm gonna get this so fucked up that he's gonna take an Hour. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I think that's, I am going to have his undivided right. attention. It reminds me of that. It, there was somebody had a joke one time. Somebody was uh, telling a story about how the big thing that they always, their grandmother had been getting, you know, losing their bit, faculties. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it was always, where's the remote? Where's the remote? Where's the remote? You know, find grandma mm. the remote. And they tried, you know, tethering it to her wrist and all this, and it would always go missing. And then it, it wound up coming down to, Grandma, why are you always losing the remote? And she's like, I'm not always losing the remote. I just get lonely sitting in the living room by myself watching TV. (laughs) (laughs) Have I told you my joke about about, uh, uh, the Jewish mom? The Jewish, I call it the Jewish mom. Do you want to go there? I'm just... it's I'm throwing funny. up a I'm throwing up a safety flag here first. Is okay. it, 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 oh no no it's not blue at all it's not blue at all no but it started with Jewish mother yeah, and I yeah. just well, got worried. You, you will if you have ever been exposed to the Jewish culture. Oh, I know will, from this. You yeah. will yes, get yes, you yes. will get this joke. And okay? we're going to say this with all love and respect and shalom and l'chaim. Okay? Oh, so. absolutely, absolutely. All right. So, a uh, uh, guy calls his mom and says, "Ma, how you doing?" His mom says, hmm, not so good. And he goes, Ma, what, what's going on? Why are you not doing so good? And she goes, well, I haven't eaten in a week. And he says, Ma, why haven't you eaten in a week? And she says, because I didn't want my mouth to be full when you called. 
Dome. <laughs> it's actually kind of weirdly perfect, isn't it? That's yeah. sort of. Cute. I will that give is... you a pat on the back for that one. That's that's all right. Well, I tell you what. Let's do here. We brought up something um, earlier before we started the show that Ty brought to us, and we're going to have a quick little discussion. And of course, "quick" was in air quotes about a and. Uh, we're going to call it an ethical conundrum. And I do believe it plays into the greater discussion that we're having in our culture today. So Andy, is this on the new, is this on the new wheel of conundrum feature? Oh, by the way, one second. There we go. We are spinning the wheel of conundrum and it's landing on poison on a bus. Ty, fill us in. So, uh, first of all, we are in the book, Would You Eat Your Cat? Links in the description. Carry oh, on, Ty. X links. Yeah, in links. Nice. And this is oh. by uh, Jeremy Stangroom, uh, this book. And so let's get into it. Nancy has caused consternation among the passengers of the London 6.50 a.m. Union Express bus service. She got on board chained to a large box with the words, Danger, emits poison printed on it. She explains that the box contains a slow-release poison, which will affect approximately 5% of the people that are exposed to it. The poison's range is intermediate, but a proximity will increase the chances that the person will be affected by it. The effects, though unpleasant, are rarely fatal, and while the victims might need a few days off from work to recuperate, they'll soon be right as rain. Her fellow passengers are not enormously pleased by this news. They indicate that she might be better off, and it might be in her better interest, to step off the bus immediately. But she objects to that. Um, She needs to get to work because a lot of people depend on her. The bus is her only mode of transportation, and she's chained to the box, so she can't leave it behind. Moreover, she insists that she is not behaving any differently than somebody else has behaved on occasions, and that there is nothing immoral with her action. And the question is, is she right? Should Nancy be allowed to bring the poisonous box on public transportation? Well, okay, first off, we'll establish the fact that if she's on a traditional traditional double-decker bus in the UK, we're talking about 30 to 35 people. That's what those, those buses are smaller than people think they are, unless it's an articulated one and then it's double that. So you're talking about exposing roughly 30 people. And you said, what's the percentage of people that may get sick? Um, approximately 5%. Okay. So So we're talking about like two people. Yeah. Yeah. Between one and a half and two people. And the question here, just to be concise, is... So it's okay that, that only two out of the bus get infected? Yeah, I'm making, I'm making a discernment here. Is The question, is it okay to do this, or does she have the right to do this? And what Ty just read, it introduced a, a, a word that made the hairs stand up on the back of my neck, which was morality. Yeah. Did- you know, is it morally acceptable? And, and that's, yeah, I need jerk at that too. Yeah. That's a whole fuzzy area. Uh, morality, ethics, 
you know, they're all sort of different. What's the fuzzy part? Different boxes. It would be awesome if we had a professional philosopher Hang around. On a minute. Oh Hang on Somebody a minute. I got, I got a question that I want to ask. Okay, sure. go ahead. Mark? Hi. Is there, and if there is, what is the difference between, between morality and ethics? I have you a you simple... should watch one of our past shows. We did yeah, this. Didn't we do this? <laughs> Let's have we do been it here with, with two philosophers. Well, that's that's the the side did Hugh and I go crazy on this? Yeah, the well, easy, easy, easy did. Yeah, the easy answer on this one, that's normal, by the way. The easy, of course, and he's had a fun time in Ottawa. <clears throat> I have. I, I keep up with his adventures yeah, on Instagram. Like, oh dear. Um, <laughs> we'll have we'll have Doctor Hugh back on. Yeah, Doctor Miller soon. will be it's back sometime. Too much um, fun. Uh, the easy the easy answer to this though is my usual equation for this stuff. My bumper. I, you know, years ago I had a professor who said if you can't put it on a bumper sticker, you don't really understand it yet. Yeah. Which is, I think really, by the way, good advice. Um, but uh, so my bumper sticker version of that uh, the answer to this tie is is that. Uh, ethics is morality plus thinking about it. And so morals are usually the sort of like the stuff we inherit, you know, they're the sort of triggered reflexes that we have to certain situations. And so morality is sort of this sort of emotional, appetitive complex of things where it's like, it's your gut reaction to things and all the rest of that. So you're basically, would I be wrong in saying that morality drives our ethics? Absolutely. Well, yes, you'd be right if you said that. I'd be yeah. Right. Um, yeah, this was, this is uh, so, a... So- yeah, just a technical academic question for you. Um, are morality and mores drawn from the same? Yeah, it's root the same term? word essentially. They're yes, fundamentally yeah, the same thing. It. So social mores. Yeah, I can make this worse though too to give it even more to make it even more obtuse, uh, and that's that the uh, even oh, Aristotle <laughs> mentions that the word ethics comes from the Greek word hexis, which means habits. And so what you really want in a good ethic is all of the sort of, you know, your, the reflexes you get with, with you know, we'd, we used to say with like mother's milk, right? The stuff you grew up with, the way you've been acculturated, all of the habits that you have when you react to something. This is the problem, right? It's like we, ha- we all have attitudes toward race and gender and class, for instance, which we're not completely conscious of, but they're all mixed up in there, right? Yeah. And if you're semi-conscious in life, you kind of go, you know... Okay, the the reality is, is I'm like, um, so in my case, right, I'm a 60-year-old white guy from Minnesota, yeah, yeah, who, yeah. Had, who had every possible advantage. I'm a poster child for white privilege. Okay, is it likely that I have racial and ad- attitudes about race and gender that are probably not as good as they could be? And the answer was, well, yeah, uh, right, odds are. So those are what we would call, those are the morals and the habituated uh, dispositions that we have as a result of just having grown up in the culture we are. But, you know, you don't get to just get away with that, right? You really have to think about it. It's like, okay, what would be a better reaction if, I don't know, seeing a black man run for president, right? What would be, what would be like a good reaction to that? And you have to think about that because your gut might, you might've been raised in a place where like, oh, holy cats, we can't allow that, right? Well, and that goes back to what you were saying, which is, Morality is something that you have inside you. Ethics is something that you develop once you take your morality and, and run it through your fucking brain. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair way to say it. Yeah, and so it almost seems like kind of a codified morality. No, no, it's a it's a vetted. It's vetted. There, it's that's where I was morality. going. Okay. Yeah, and, and here's word. the thing: is like one of the weird things that comes all this time. Part of your what's what's hiding inside your question. Uh, this is kind of meta. Sorry. But it's, it's um, what's hiding inside the question is 
this divorce that's happened uh, in the last 300 years between your motivations for why you do things and the reason why people think they're ethical. And there's a, there's a, um, there's a standard of practice inside people who do ethics all the time that ethics itself is kind of grounded in, in something that isn't just about your motivations, that it has to do with rational understanding of, of making judgments about when things have moral value or not. And we have, we can, we'll have to do a separate show about this, Andrew. Right. But what happened was like practice got divorced from theory, and I blame Christianity for this. Totally. So, yeah, that, but another show, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to go there. But um, Damn monks. Uh, sooner, earlier. See, under Christianity, there's nothing you can do to make yourself be good, right? No. No. That's right. You're born so, stained. Yeah. So, but for the Greeks, of course, there was all sorts of things you could do to make yourself be a better person. And so anyway, so Ty, back to the motivation stuff. And this is, by the way, I'll just add this one last detail here while we're riffing. Is this is when, this is where Nietzsche went right away, and this is sort of what 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 still I got thrown out of all sorts of conferences for years by asking people asking people who did ethics. It's like, what do you do with Nietzsche? Because Nietzsche's whole hammer comes down to this one question, which was, isn't ethics just really about personal preference? Yeah, and you could sort of make that case, right? But here, what you have to do is you have to take the way you've, your culture has raised you to respond to certain social situations. You have to run that stuff through your your brain to see if it makes any sense, really. And people don't want to do that second one. Yeah, yeah. No, I, that's what I, like I always wind up saying: morality is unconscious, ethics is conscious. I think that's right. Or real, yeah. con- at least really conscious or aware, self aware. Anyway, huh? at least this aware. Actually, yeah. This 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 gets me to an interesting space. Just listening to you guys, I'd like to redirect back to the source question. Well, please, I, please uh, do. Because, <laughs> actually, going to ask you before we got there, Chris. Oh, sure. What was it about the word morality that got you to bristle? Mm. Uh, probably my Catholic upbringing. Yeah, same thing with me. The fact that morality. Oh, okay. Explain that a little. By <laughs> definition, is something that we've had instilled in us that we don't really think about. Morality was was both the measuring stick and the sword by which actions were judged <laughs> yeah, in the, that context. The measuring stick and the beating stick, yeah. It was the ruler that came down on your fingers? Yeah, exactly right. And so these are just the rules, right? These are just like, these are the rules by which you must abide, period, without like the reflection or consideration. Yeah. And what I saw in the application of morality when I was in that context, and I, I you know, it's no big secret. I no longer think of myself as Catholic or but when Christian. when you were in third grade, say, right? But, I mean, that's what well, yeah, well, yeah. yeah on, on up into early high school, uh, before I really started going a different direction. Oh, puberty is um, such a problem. To hell. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and having Jesuits <laughs> telling you, Things like yeah, when Jesuits tell you you're going to hell, you've really oh, done something. Oh, but but they weren't tell they weren't telling me I was going to hell. They were telling me they were telling me, look, Chris, it doesn't matter what language you use, what what labels you choose. If you find what drives you to be a good person and a positive, you know, lead a positive <laughs> life in the world, you're going to be just fine. That's you know, it doesn't matter if you're yeah, if you're on our team really, or not. Yeah, yeah, don't think for a minute that the Jesuits are Christians. Okay, let's just no, they're no, not, no, that, not not right. by any it's, stretch. It's their yeah. they're their own <laughs> but, wonderful cult, and but, but I still to this day like I'll, strong arm of the Catholic. Oh yeah, they're the stormtroopers of the church, man. They were yeah, yeah. Well, but that's that's where they, that's how they were created, though, right? Yeah, but then they the became the the sort of intellectual arm. 
Yeah. Oh, they're, yeah um, they're the brains. They were the brains of the church forever. They're the, they're the philosophers. That, yeah. I mean, in yeah. a sense, they they pulled all our information out of the dark age. Oh, I think that's safe to say. Yeah. To tie up my answer to your question, uh, yeah. Ty, yeah. Um, when I was in that context, I saw s- the the application of morality was so inconsistent and hypocritical and one sided. That whenever that word gets dropped into conversation for uh, now, you know, and I'm in earshot, I I physically cringe. Right, right. Well, and Ty, that's the reason why I asked you at the beginning of this meandering about was it, you know, was it <laughs> phrased one way or was it phrased the other way? And the reason why I flinched is the same reason why Chris flinched, but I can sum it up in a lot fewer words. And that is... <laughs> Ethics and morality are not the same thing, but they're used interchangeably. Oh, that's so true. Today. So true. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to get the ground, the firmament of the argument established first before we move forward. Yeah, uh, it was actually in print morality. Okay. Yeah. So that what that a sense says is that is it moral to do so? Or is it immoral to do so? One or the other. Which is it? Is what the question is. Yeah, and see if you if you follow through with what we've been talking about on here, the, the question about whether it's moral or not to bring a big giant box marked poison on the thing. What that question is asking you for is your gut reaction, right? Yeah, and this is uh, this is where I was headed, Ty, before you posed your question to me. And I've had a journey in the last ten minutes with this question, just listening to you talk, Doctor Mark, and thinking about this stuff and sort of extracting it and really picking it apart. You got to be careful. That's what he does. My my initial gut reaction was I didn't like her whataboutism argument that, well, everybody else has done something similar, so I should be allowed to. Yeah, but we hear that all over in society. Oh, sure. And I'm uh, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean it's a good argument. <laughs> and I and I flinch every time somebody does it. Yeah. It's a problematic argument. That's because it's always based on people's gut reactions to things and not on actually having thought it through, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, okay. and 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 so I bristled at that. But then in listening to the discussion, it occurs to me that what she's doing is actually more moral than what the other people have done. Oh, you because, mean like sneak a box of poison on the bus without telling exactly, anybody? Exactly, because, <laughs> yeah. because of the transparency of her actions and the visibility, the fact that everybody on that bus is aware of the situation, whereas, say someone comes onto that bus with the flu, uh, which I think is the obvious parallel that's being drawn here, yeah. that... They're not telling everybody. They, they don't step on the bus and announce it to everybody. They're, they're not wearing a badge saying, I have the flu. They're not giving any indication. So they are preventing the rest of the members of the bus from knowing what risk they are being put at, and whereas she is being totally transparent about it. So okay, in but, a sense, but, she's being more moral. But that's not the question. You're right, that's part of the equation, but that's not the question asked. So let's get back to the question asked, which is, was it a moral thing for her to well, do? The question, the question reads, while morality was in the body, mm-hmm. the question is, is she right? Should Nancy be allowed to bring the poison box on, the, on public transportation? Okay, so I tell you what, let's just flat out 
do this in a one word answer yes or no with extrapolation after oh, can you really do that yes i just Let's said with extra with extrapolation after i'm saying no and i'm saying no to a very specific question ty what was the question again <laughs> the question was <laughs> don't give me the whole thing should nancy be allowed to bring should she be box? allowed and i'm saying she should not be allowed to do so so she should not have that choice it's not her choice yeah it's not her yeah. choice yeah. and that's where i'm going so that's what that's the question i'm answering is the actual from the predicate i'm answering <laughs> that question Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I and I, I'm sorry. I want to pick that apart a little bit. No, we're going to. I just wanted to get my answer yeah. out there to that. Yeah. Um. And and the question is, is why does at that point? I think the question should be, why does she feel that she should be allowed to do it? Freedom. Well, no. She she makes her argument why she feels like she should be allowed to do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Is, she just did the whole thing, which is that other people have done s something similar. It's not like it's plutonium, <laughs> and she's being excluded. I think. I think her reasoning for doing it was before that when she said, "Hey, look, I'm chained to this box of poison. I can't get it off. Transportation, public transportation, is the only way that I can go, and I got to get to work. There are people depending on me." <sighs> there's there's a whole cascade of dominoes there, though, that she's ostensibly taking this box to work with her. And endangering those people as well. Well, again, we don't know. She might work at the poison factory. Well, <laughs> and if she works at the poison factory, I would think they would have special transportation for. Well, poisons. let's not get let's not get too granular about this. <laughs> well, uh, um, yeah. My but, thing here is that she also has a responsibility, Ty. She also has a responsibility under the social contract that we all supposedly have agreed to to not put strangers in danger and at risk with your own behavior but have we all agreed have we all consciously ticked that box well no that's what the social contract is is it, i mean yeah. you're right it's a it's an agreement <laughs> clearly not look around dr mark jump in here and make some sense out of this shit i'm having a weird kind of moment here by the way if i could just jump in here as a Please, as, I'm no, begging as a, you. As a professional, <laughs> um, one of the interesting things about conversations about ethics is, and I, I'd like that you just did this, it's really easy, and you'll notice this in your own lives, right? Uh, when people get into these discussions, they completely forget what the original question was. Have you noticed that? I've been trying it's, really hard. It's like, it's like oh, what was the question again? This is yeah. very, by the way, this is a very normal process because I think people aren't accustomed to like digging down this, so here, look, some, somebody thought up this question, right? They used the word consternation in the question. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. So they thought up this question. So there's all these layers in it, right? Which are, the question is designed to elicit and explicate, make explicit all these different factors that people usually just go walk right by, right? Yep. What's the difference in morality and ethics? Does she have obligations? So if you have rights to do something, do you also have obligations at the same time? Um, or, or is it, you know, what's the social contract involved? I mean, what if, you know, if you're a libertarian Ayn Rand person, you're going to think, well, she gets to just do whatever the hell she wants to, man. The free market will take care of the, the poison. Sorry, problem. I just I just vomited in my mouth a little bit. I'm sorry. Me too. No. <laughs> you learned, you learned the, 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 gag, the, the gag reflex you learn over time to suppress it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, does she have a right to take the box on? It's like, so I have other questions before I can even answer this. This is, an, and this is my burden, which is this dialectical process of 
you always have to dig down through the question to see what it really is before you try to answer it. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's like, I want to know who chained the box to her leg, first of all. This is like with the trolley problem. If I throw the bar between, you know, like, you know, killing a four-year-old child and killing six four-year-old childs, which is like, I want to know who tied people to the tracks. Yeah, who is the drunken jackass that yeah. created this four-way who created switch? That scenario? Yeah, yeah don't, yeah, don't no, ask me to absolutely. solve a problem. It certainly wasn't Burlington Northern. I mean, this was... <laughs> My bigger question is if proximity matters and it's chained to her mm. wrist, Yeah, will she die? So or is she, well, right? is she immune question. because of continuous exposure and so you can start to as you go along and, and by the way and, and and it's really important to just sort of the in my in my imagination answering questions like this is exactly like doing jigsaw puzzles and i don't know if you guys had my mother and grandparents used to do this like yeah, to course. keep the kids busy at thanksgiving and christmas and stuff they dump a big a crossword puzzle or a, i'm sorry a jigsaw puzzle out on the, the dining table and then yeah. you have to, the first thing you have to do is turn all the pieces right side up, right? Yep. And then and find then all the corners. Find corners, mm-hmm. sides. And then build the edges. Yep. There you go. Yep. You got it. And that's what all these ethical conversations work exactly the same way. You kind of kind of make sure all the pieces are turned up first, right? Then you look for the corners. And then, because what happens is, and this is, again, um, sort of an overview of, of all these kinds of questions. Uh, when you ask an ethical question, people will answer it immediately without asking what the question really means first. Yep. And yep. so digging down through something like this, there's a lot of layers in a question like this is like, who chained her to the box? Does she have an obligation to her fellow passengers not to poison them, for instance? That's a question. And as you go through this, what happens is you start to delineate different possible outcomes, right? There's sort of different, you know, there's a whole lot of if-thens built into this, right? So, okay, if she doesn't have any social obligations, then it doesn't mean anything. If she paid for a ticket, doesn't that mean she bought a seat regardless of whether she has poison or not? And you can see how all of these kinds of different starting points lead to different endpoints, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And part of the process of doing this is trying to figure out what the starting points are, because technically speaking, uh, and I'm pretty sure about this now, every question always dictates what all the possible answers are. Yeah. Just because of the yeah. words in the question. So mm-hmm. I have a question before we continue to pick this apart. Yeah. Is it fair, Dr. Mark, that we have the binary of yes and no, depending uh, on your perspective, they are yeah. uh, uh, both equally provocative. They can be, sure. And then we have a bunch of gradients in between. Yeah. And is is the answer that we're going to derive to, whatever that answer is, and probably not even going to get to an answer. Uh, after all, have you listened on. to the show? Yeah, have you? Have you met us? <laughs> we don't know where we're going to end up here, Ty. That's the thing. Um, but those gradients—is—is is it more than likely that that is going to that we are going to fall into one of those gradients between the? So here's the deal with ethics, right? So, and this is what drives me nuts about about ethics as a subdiscipline inside philosophy. Is there still a lot of people who think no? There should be right answers to these questions. Yeah, and the the deal is like, look, um, we're talking about real life, right? And in real life, everything is a shade of gray. Messy. Now, what you do is, of course, there there are better or worse answers to the questions like this. By the way, I saw what you did there with the you know the Grateful Dead reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. a touch of gray. A touch of gray. And yeah. so, um, uh, yeah, which has become an increasingly important song to me as I've gotten right. Along, by the way, oh God. Um, since ethics is about real life, it has to work in real life. And what that means is, it's always going to be an inductive solution, which means you have to collect data 
and you're going to come up with a probability distribution. So the easiest thing I could tell you is that ethics, when you apply it in the real world, is always a kind of regression analysis, right? You take all the data points, you find the best possible options given all these different circumstances, and then you do that. Now, people will go, oh, well, that's just pure relativism, right? Mm. This is the usual answer. It's like, well, if it's not yes or no, it's purely relative. It's like, no, it, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not purely relative. They're always better. It's like, do you let a woman on the bus carrying a big box of poison that's going to kill anybody? And the answer is no. It's like, well, what's your justification for that? It's like, well, we just tend, we typically don't want to kill a lot of people, right? And who the hell chained her to this box? Somebody called the cops. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And so this is the danger. I think, you know, this is sort of one of these overarching, I've been trying to figure out how to articulate this because I've been interested in these sort of larger, you know, forest as opposed to tree questions. It's like, well, how did the forest get like this? And in ethics, people want these answers that are like certain, right? They want certainty in their answers and their ethical in their ethical calculus. And the reality is, is like, you know, life is a mess, right? Yeah. Um, if you've ever broken up, I'm still I was thinking about this the other day. It's like um my first significant other, who was this awesome, brilliant woman uh, I was in graduate school with. I was just talking to you guys before we went online. I was about so this is here's a real ethical question, right? Should I have broken up with her? And the answer to that was yes. Now, but why did I break up with her? And, you know, I've, I have had about 20, I've had about 40 years to think about this now. <laughs> and the answer was, I was about three years too immature for the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was just trailing her by about three years. And if I had been like three years older, we would have like set up for life, but I wasn't ready to do it. And just to make this more interesting, I guess. Outstanding. And and so it's like you know you're just sorry to those- creep you out all all you listeners <laughs> with that <laughs> ASMR that. of Dr. Peterson. Nothing, nothing sorry like about an that. old old guy, you know, going oh how stupid oh, <laughs> back in the day. But it was it was yeah. awesome, right? And it was really awesome. And it's like you know you balance that's in a, in any relationship when you when you realize it's like I wasn't in love with her. That was like a sudden rev- revelation. It's like you're not really in love, right? And I was like oh dear. And so my my moral compass was we had to break up. Moral compass. I'm. I just am pointing out that you said that word. I did. Yeah. And it's like that's that's the sort of thing. Like over time, right? Yeah. So you know, uh, but that that's how messy this is, always is, right? That's how messy real world questions are. Well, well, and I think that 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 points me to something. Two things. Uh, your for your forest. <laughs> Sorry about the ASM. No, it's all right. Your forest and trees analogy. I like that um, because. You're busy wondering why the forest is so messy, and you're not so concerned with why that tree fell on you. Um, and the the that that leads out to a slightly larger view of this whole thing, and that is, I always have a problem with hypothetical situations oh, yeah, and scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would much rather do an ethical slash moral analysis of actions that have happened in the past. Because as you were saying, Dr. Mark, then it's a finite occurrence. You've got things to look at. You've got data to take into consideration. You've got all the context. Yeah. And yeah. and that's just it. You know, there's everything about a hypothetical question when it comes to, you know, a, a, a an ethical or philosophical analysis of behavior, it's not the real world. You know, so you use the word hypothetical here, which is really interesting, right? And I'm going to go back, and this is this has been my my rocking horse for the last twenty years now. And that's that in contemporary ethical theory. So the people who wrote this book are probably contemporary ethics. They use rights and utilitarianism and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And um, for them, ethics is a largely theoretical set of constructions. And that just kept, you know, I wasn't an ethicist. I, I'm a technically, I'm a metaphysics guy. Yeah. And even Aristotle and up through Thomas Aquinas said that ethics is a practical matter. Yeah. And I guess I, maybe we brought this up before, but Aristotle has this beautiful analogy for this too, Ty, which sort of goes to what we were talking about. It sort of touches on what Chris was saying before. He talks about the difference between um, triangles are different depending on whether you're a geometry guy or a, a carpenter. Mm-hmm. And you, they're still triangles, but you're interested in different things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of contemporary ethics are interested in the geometry of a triangle. And Aristotle and, I think, sane people are interested in the carpentry. Because it's like, what can I do with this, right? Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to live? How am I supposed to make a decision about my relationships to others? I mean, why did she think, you know, it's like, should I bring this box of poison on the bus, right? So what was what was holding her up? I mean, what was her motivation for bringing in on the bus? She had to get to work? So she, is it okay to poison? So she thought, obviously, and that's, that's, yeah. that it's okay to poison other people in order for her to get to her job. Right or right. potentially poison. Well, yeah. and that and that raises the question of, and she makes the case that a lot of people depend on her. Well, that's really vague. I mean, that could be a lot of people on the marketing team depend on her to push numbers around a spreadsheet so that they can make a PowerPoint deck so they can go out and sell whatever bullshit that company sells. Or she could be a doctor who needs to get to work to save lives. Whose administrator chained a box of poison to her. <laughs> Well, administrators are a box of poison. No, yeah, joking, there you go. Joking, different joking, show. Different show. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Chris, you bring mm-hmm. up a good point, and <laughs> the answer to both of those, I feel, is is the world going to come crashing if she was to take this box that she's chained into into uh, uh, some kind of medical facility? Maybe call ahead, right? So she's not exposing somebody needlessly. And get it taken off her arm and disposed of. But again, going back to the hypothetical situation, is the people, that's, well, that's but, not part of the is equation. The people she's going to depend on that are depending on her on her job really is that going to cr- cause a total crash scenario if she's absent for a day to take care of it? And my thing is, what's the other set of people that are depending on her, which are people on that bus who have agreed to the social contract of being on a bus, mm-hmm. that you're not going to expose people to danger? So the first question was, is she right? No. I want to say, what do you mean by right? <laughs> well, thank you. Half my tongue was bitten while well, I was her, answering. Her, her, the latter part of the response, response is is that she's insisting that she is not behaving any differently to the way that they have all behaved on occasions. So if and, I have a cold and I go on the bus without wearing a mask, right? Yes. That would be an example, right? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, thinking- the ele- that's the elephant in the room here that we'll just admit to. This really is a hypothetical question that really uh, you know, applies to where we are today with the pandemic that I'm trying desperately not to mention for at least one fucking show. <laughs> Steady, old boy. Steady, steady. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Sorry about that ASMR noise too. Uh, <laughs> um, That's a whole different podcast we can office. <laughs> it's a new demographic for our our listeners. Oh, there's a niche for every kink, a, man. Yeah, Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah. Yes. 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 I would. Go I on, would Ty. disagree that I. I think that she is right. She's not behaving any differently than anybody else has on occasion. Now. 
that does not that is that is an explanation not an excuse no actually right? that's an excuse not an explanation in my in my mind that's an excuse not an explanation because well no mm-hmm. an excuse does explain things it doesn't it doesn't make it right it just explains why it's there Oh, that's a it, rabbit hole. It explains I'm not going to touch this one. Right? Um, yeah. what, Where's my that? mute uh, button? Oh, explanation and excusability, right? So this might explain it, but it doesn't excuse it. Well, so you'd be arguing that. Or have right, I just been watching it, too much Trailer Park Boys? It could be. I kind of like those guys. I do too. But it, maybe you have been, because here's the question then. It's like, so her job is more important than the lives of her fellow passengers. That's what I think you're saying. Not only I would I would say no. That's not what I'm saying. That's not okay. what I'm saying. I I think from her perspective that might be the case. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. That's what I meant. I would fall in in with Andy at that point. You know what? Just because those people are so important, how about all the people that are on that bus? How about all the people that uh, she got in proximity to, walking to that bus stop, waiting at that bus stop. Getting off that bus, walking. Well, and to then work. you've got the you've got the, the Einstein you've got on the way in. you've got the Einstein conundrum as well. Where what happens if one of those people exposed on the bus was a child prodigy <laughs> who hadn't developed yet, gets sick and dies, and you just killed the next Einstein? Right. So right. That's why I hate these hypothetical arguments and what happens when they do get sick do they get a box of poison chain on their wrist maybe that's what it is is you (laughs) you start growing this chain out of your wrist that suddenly has a box so is the box of poison capitalism tie is that what you're saying (laughs) i am not prepared to go down that road (laughs) i think it really this really does circle back to this whole idea of and boy this is not a show this is a series uh, this idea of of freedom and that yeah, you might want to put away that wheel for good. Sh- yeah, no shit, eh? Um, man, but man. this idea that my freedom trumps any oh boy, I did I literally just say that? Oh my god, my Twomp freedom twump twumps twumps any of your personal concerns. So okay, so let me give you a weird example. I actually thought of this this morning. This has actually absolutely to do with this. I think. See if this analogy holds. So I walk Boomer in the morning, right? And um, part of my responsibility as a dog owner is to pick up Boomer's poop when he poops, right? So I bring a bag to do this, right? And I was thinking, you know, so so this is what happens when you do philosophy professionally. I'm watching Boomer poop this morning, and I'm <laughs> so thinking about. Joy. I'm thinking about. That's a great. I'm, and so I'm this is about, what happens when you're a professional philosopher. I was watching my dog take a crap. That's where all the great answers come from. <laughs> you're watching your dog poop, and I was thinking, how do I use this as an analogy against people who won't wear masks? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> so stay with me and tell me if this doesn't. Oh yeah, this. I'm here. This, I bought the ticket. I'm here for the ride. <laughs> It's an e-ticket. It's good. It's good. Oh, and maybe good it's God. maybe it's one of the C tickets. It's like that ride in the horse the horse carriage ride. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but I thought about this. It's like if if uh, if I were arguing with somebody, and and I live in a place where there are lots and lots of people who think that asking have been asked to wear a mask is a violation of their freedoms, right? Their constitutional freedoms. So I thought, okay, do I have any reason? If you're walking, if so, if one of these anti-mask people is walking their dog. Do I have a reasonable expectation that if their dog poops on my lawn, do I have a reasonable expectation that they ought to pick it up? Right. Mm, that well, that's, want, that's the age-old question. And I want to say, I want to say, yeah, I, I have a reasonable, now, I, 
people are stupid, so they don't always pick up their own dog poop. I can't believe I wrote a column about this years ago because it drives me crazy. But it's like, I have a reasonable expectation to think that they would pick up their dog's poop. And I would guarantee you, by the way, that the sort of people who argue that masks are an imposition on their freedom, yeah. those are the sort of people who would scream, hell, oh, hell yes, you have an obligation to pick up your dog's poop, right? right. Personal responsibility. It's like, because lawn. Because. <laughs> wow. You, <laughs> you, need to yeah. understand, you need to understand everybody who doesn't live in Wisconsin. The fetish of lawn in Wisconsin is off the fucking charts. I was going to ask if that was, a, if that was something we needed to say, Andrew, because it's like, the, because it's lawn not the matters same. here. No. It really does. <laughs> no, it's a it's a fetish. It's a religious Hashtag responsibility. Lawns yeah. matter. Hashtag lawn Hashtags matters. Lawns matter. Sell so, that pie. You've got money so, coming to you. There's a there's a there's a bumper sticker there. Hashtag lawns. Uh, we should launch that one. Do it. All lawns, keep your hat on. Lawns all lawns matter. matter. All lawns, all lawns matter. matter. <laughs> wow. I'm not going to go there. Okay. But so oh. if you were to say this to this guy, wouldn't, wouldn't you, couldn't you make the analogy that if he sneezes on you and leaves toxic coronavirus on you, doesn't he have an obligation to, you know, he, I carry a, I don't know that Boomer is going to poop every time we go out, but I carry the bag and these people don't know they're going to be contagious every time they go out. But they should wear a mask. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that was where my brain went this morning. No, I agree. My yeah, coffee. And, uh, you know, uh, circling back to the questions, Ty, technically she may be correct that other people on the bus have behaved in a similar fashion from time to time. However, and, and I'm back to actually sort of where I started now, which is, does the fact that other people showed a lack of consideration for their fellow passengers yeah. justify her attempt to demonstrate a lack of consideration. Well, and that's something that comes up in philosophical academic discussions all the time, and you'll hear it because anybody who does it at a party gets beaten over the head with it. Bad or poor actions of the past can never justify bad or poor actions of the present, ever. It doesn't work that way. Okay, that's and that's where right? I that's where yeah, I come down on it too. Yeah, yeah. How, how about this though? I mean that 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 speaks to a social norm, right? And the social norms that's right, of yeah. of yesterday are not the social norms of today. <sighs> and so, how much does that social norm play into what's going well, on? Well, which 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 direction are in in your in you bringing that up, Ty? Which direction are you saying that the needle is shifting? That that oh, I'm just saying that you can find. You don't have to look fine. You don't have to look hard to find examples of. You don't have to look very far at all. What no. was acceptable yesterday has a so, oh, social norm. Yeah. Is oh, no I see what you're saying. All right, right. So now, if we apply that to this situation, uh, uh, people getting on willy nilly in the past before she brings this box of poison on is a social norm at that point. That's even it? more reason to throw out any argument of whataboutism because the the past uh, behaviors that we found acceptable back then. That's a shifting sands all the time, and it's no good, useful measure for behavior in the present. Yeah, Ty, well, what about her emails? <laughs> exactly. What about her server? Not, what about not to get overly simple about it, but do two wrongs make a right? No, and I think that this is a totally appropriate place to plug that in. Somebody Why does say that, it. Somebody say yeah. it. 
Two rights make an airplane. One. There you go. <laughs> um, and there's a dad joke segment for the for the. Oh, we need to put in a real dad oh, joke. That wasn't the wheel. That was not on the wheel uh, of conundrums. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, that, that really took me a minute. Well, <laughs> I, wow, Chris, how tired are you? Um, Check your ankle for a box of poison, Chris. I think think we've meandered plenty on this. I think so, too. My my final say on it, not like I'm judge, jury, and executioner here, is... But you're the editor. Yeah, well, that's a good point, exactly. So uh, This whole segment's segment's on the cutting room floor. (laughs) Um, Again, here, I'm interested in the book. I looked up Jeremy Strangram, and... He is a British writer, editor, and website designer. As far as I can tell, he has no real philosophical pedigree, but... That is not a negative, by the way. No, exactly right. Because, well, here, and this shows you how far he's gone, because with Julian Baghini, he is the editor and co-founder of the Philosopher's Magazine in the UK. Ah, there you go. Um, And uh, has written numerous books on philosophy. Uh, the story of philosophy, does God hate women? Identity crisis against multiculturalism. That oh, one made yeah, me raise cool. an eyebrow. A uh, little book of big ideas, why truth matters. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's dug into the world here. Where, you know, whether It's good to let the journalists have a go at this stuff. That's a fact. You know, what's always been interesting to me, and I think this whole discussion that we've had illustrates this. Because again, you know, Ty, you and Chris have the dubious privilege of watching me with my mentor. Peterson's the guy who taught me how to think like this, for I good or ill. I just facilitated, Andrew. I didn't teach you anything. Yeah, well, Professor, I want, it, I want to say that that is <laughs> what you just said is the hallmark of every great teacher on the I had the really planet. good teachers. I had really good teachers. Oh, I had a really good one, too. I'm still any scared of them. Any good teacher will say, I didn't teach you anything. I just facilitated it. You know, but that you learn this right away. And if you don't, by the way, you're really in trouble. I, and I, I would have, you know, it's like, I don't know about you guys. Like, I still have, like, I'm still afraid of my great aunt Solvay, who has been dead for like decades now. <laughs> and I knew, you know, that if I talk about habits, right, there's things like if, that if I step out of line, I know she would come back from the dead and beat me. Right. Do you know what I mean? And I had, I had these wonderful professors <laughs> who would also come back from the dead and ridicule me. For the they rest make, of um, all time. They make medication for that. Yeah. It won't help. I'm afraid it won't help in this case. Yeah. So, but, but, th- but thank you for that as a compliment. <laughs> I, I think it's a good, me- it's a good thing to remind of everybody though. What, what Mark <laughs> did for me, what Mark did for me, I would love to use the, uh, the analogy of sharpening a stone. Yeah. But Mark facilitated me in the same way that you facilitate relief of pain by lancing a boil. <laughs> So, um, but anyways, tell you what, folks, we're going to be back on the other side of this break. Who the hell knows where we're going to wind up, but it's certainly not going to be on a bus chained to a box full of fucking poison. This is the Narrow Band Broadcast Network. That's Ty. That's Chris. That's Dr. Mark. I'm Andy. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Yeah, Ty, hand me that box. Right? (laughs) I can't. (laughs) It's chained. It's chained. Hat Nation. Want to support the show and help it grow or, well, keep the lights on? Head on over to kyhopodcast.com slash shop and buy some cool swag. Shirts, phone cases, hoodies, and yeah, hats. I mean, 
Duh. All proceeds go right into Annie's pocket... Uh, I mean, help keep KYHO in your ears. That's KYHOpodcast.com slash shop. Go get some cool stuff, rep the show, and as always, keep your hat on. Which is a lot easier when, you know, you have a hat, right? And we're back for the final segment <laughs> of Keep Your Hat On. I'm Andrew Scott, along with my good friends, Dr. Mark Peterson, Ty Robert Anthony, and Chris Vacano. And I think we're just going to have a little bit of fun on the way out Yeah, the here. terminal moraine here. Of, uh, the terminal moraine. Well, the end of the discussion here. The clock is ticking on that here for you. That. Uh, Wednesday, you're, you're in the property right now. And for those of you who oh, can't yeah, speak, into the everybody... Yeah. Uh, Dr. Mark's uh, move-out date was uh, last Wednesday, Wednesday but oh. he is recording currently in the old digs with a yeah. handheld microphone because yes. he effectively packed so well that he doesn't <laughs> know where his find, boom arm is. I can't find my walk either, man. I'm, I'm, I'm beside myself. Oh, well, wait your a minute. Walk? That's some shit. Wait, yeah, no, you don't know where your walk is? This is why, by the way, and I made dinner for the significant other the other night. Oh, she goes, your okay. walk. I was my like, walk. your walk. W-O-K. You're not walking anymore? Yeah, like, you I'm not walking man are you walk i'm sorry did i hear that correctly I, I, I swear i thought i heard andy say you're broadcasting from the old digs yeah uh, uh so what did you like break back in or something oh no so like, no he's still old. When, you're, when you get old Chris, you, get, you have the opportunity to buy a place before you sell your own place yeah this is quite this. this is quite different from most of our moves oh where once, uh, where, once where the door it, it all happens at the same time yeah. Yeah. Where they hid the key. Oh, it's, yeah well i don't have a key actually i live in a part of i live in a, I live in a place where it's like you really literally Jeez. okay and you don't need to lock the house ever he's got it on good authority that the owners are out. <laughs> no, um, uh, uh, it, it's weird. And this has been like the strangest move in my life because it's like, I literally, you know, I spent like three years living out of a van, right? When I first got started and stuff, and I was gypsying around the country and doing like adjunct jobs, which is like slave labor of the worst kind. And um, when I finally landed here, well, anyway, so the idea that like between the two of us, <laughs> Alexandra and I, is like between the two of us, we could like buy a place, put a down payment on it. And then sell our places after we'd done that. And it's at, like at your leisure. It gets worse. And, and it gets worse. <laughs> I paid, oh God, I feel so guilty about this. I paid movers. Don't feel guilty. We oh, had don't feel talk. guilty about that. You're an no, adult. It's, wait, yeah, wait, 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 no, 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 no. Why don't, do don't you feel guilty about that? Yeah, because okay. I'm an adult. I feel guilty about adulthood. How did adulthood. you come to I that place? It. Where you well, it's guilt. like, no, we always, I always did everything on my own. And in fact, I had a couple of my buddies who said, oh, do you need me to come help you move it? It's like, dude. And I, this is a, this is a, I don't feel bad about this plug. Two men in a truck. Uh, I think they're oh, a national. Yeah. Those oh, guys. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Two men were, in a truck. Yeah. By the way, the, uh, uh, mad props to those guys. They were awesome. They were efficient. And by the they way, your friends moving. who asked you to help move. And when you said, when you said no, yeah, you like, know, they got off the phone and they just went, oh, <laughs> yeah, they, you know, they did. Yeah. Hey, how many, so, how many trucks have I ever driven around in that I put the bumper sticker on? Yes, this is my truck. No, I won't help you move. Yeah, it's right. You've been trucked. <laughs> yeah. But so I would always help them move. I moved the preponderance yeah. of everything over there. And the only thing that's hold, held us up is there's, there's a. 
Um, there's a bed frame that's not present in the new place yet. <laughs> and once the bed frame is selected, because it has to do with decor, and this is beyond my competence, once the bed frame is in place, the bed is there, the mattress is there, everything is there. I kept saying, what if we should just sleep on the floor? And it's like, mm, not yet. <laughs> and so once the bed frame is in place, I'm actually going to go over tomorrow. This is amusing as hell. I'm, I will be spending most of the day tomorrow putting in uh, drawer liners and shelf liner. Because now at that this point is in life, such a I'm old thing now. Um, yeah, I'm feeling that. Yeah, drawer yeah, liners and shelf liners. This hell was not, yes, by the way, my idea, but but yeah, I'm yeah, not I responsible was, for this dimension in our relationship. Speaking to the fact that this is this this whole thing you indicated was out of the scope of your competency. So this you there are many kinds being... of love languages, Ty. And yeah, <laughs> this is. This is shelf liners is one of them. <laughs> well, one, good for you for noticing it. Yeah. And oh, yeah. two, March, brother. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll be out. It should be like probably next week, actually, at the latest. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be get that. Once I get that done, then we can unpack everything. There's furniture issues, it turns out, because of the supply chains. Oh, are oh, oh, Mark, yeah. Mark, Mark, and Mark. even like mm-hmm. temporary. Yes, Miss Rimmer. If you screw up the lining yeah. on one shelf enough, yeah. You won't have to do it. <laughs> Don't oh, no. think that's... I'll, no, I'll still have to do it. Uh, thank no. you, thank you for I'm that, though, amateur. Bad at this. Yeah, right, <laughs> amateur. I, 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 my so not how it works. I, I know. I know how this works, and I'm happy. I'm actually delighted to do this. Uh, so, but, how did your second rodeo go? <laughs> so the second the second rodeo was 20 years of really good relationship yeah see Ty know. what you don't understand is if he fucks up that first one he will be spending the next 10 years every other third weekend cutting that shit to try to get it perfect <laughs> that'll, yes. be in the, that'll be in the in the visitation rights response yeah. no chris i've had practice at this let's, let's go back to that i, I get it i get it I, I was just poking yeah. fun at you i know oh, yeah, no, I, I, I have to get this done and so but once that's in then uh then i should be relocated to the to the fabulous urban setting of murray hill neighborhood Woo-hoo. in downtown milwaukee oh. it just and, takes a bed frame and some lining shelves essentially yeah. Lining shelves in a bed frame, dude, is like that is all I need. Yep. yep when you per, when when you when you suggested that you possibly sleep on the floor, did Alex give you that look of, you know, we're old enough now that we don't we're have to do 50. that shit. It's like I'm not doing, and that. you will not be able to move the next morning. What are you talking about? Sleep on the floor? Oh, I'm I still. Don't, I'm, hey, I don't know what everybody's on about. If if I can sleep well, on the, the mattress floor is on the floor, I'm not sleeping a, on the floor. <laughs> sleeping on no, the I'm floor. saying I, I do. even if there was a mattress on the floor, me getting up from not uh, having it on a no, yeah. I'm be. We're not talking about I love you. Sleeping on the floor. <laughs> well, I am a special <laughs> snowflake, so yeah. <laughs> this is Snow, making I mean, me really I mean, nostalgic floor, for my twenties. My back just goes right into alignment by the time the it's time to get up and see the Tai Chi Tai. You understand? Tai understands. He knows this stuff. Well, we can't even talk yeah. about like we can't even talk about uh, you know from back in the day because dr peterson is sitting in a room that up until very recently had shelves that were made with cinder blocks and wooden planks uh, pretty much mm-hmm. yeah actually i know this. Yeah. 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 Well, pretty much. it no, was this, a look it was me, a thing this, this well, conversation I mean, is making me really nostalgic for my 20s college, when, you know. when, when it was cool to camp in the new place oh, the first oh. night before all yeah. your shit got there look, you know those See, of us that's who why were you got evicted because you lit a fire the first night you got in there <laughs> 
right in the middle of the living room, not using the we fireplace. Were, we, we were making s'mores. Yeah, Look, I didn't even get off my. I didn't even get off the futon till I was like forty. Okay, so this is like this is like yeah. supreme luxury, and it's like you know I was raised by Norwegian Lutherans for crying out loud. It's like. I have all sorts of weird guilt associated yeah. with, uh, right, with being right. happy the and heavy, comfortable. The heavy ascetic bench. What are you doing? Of, that's a perfectly good coffee can you're throwing away boy, there. Oh, that's right. Sure, yeah, yeah. I actually, my, my chopstick can is a, is, a, is a can from Cafe de Monde Coffee. So that's a, well, that's, that's, my, that's, that's different. not going anywhere. Alex that's is not going to want that on the counters, but that's where it's going. You know what you do then, Mark? You do what I did, I and you take that coffee can, and yeah. you cut the bottom out, and you make it into a lampshade. <laughs> Oh, that'd really go over well. <laughs> no, but you have oh, that in your happening. you have it in your space. That's she, Heather. She Heather and I. Heather and I are oh. really good about this division of stuff. Oh. Like y- here, yesterday she went out. She was dropping a bunch of stuff off at Goodwill, and there was some guy that rocked up there, and he had like three little tiny footstools that had like grandma embroidery all over them, oh, okay. and. Uh, Goodwill now has taken a hard line in accepting any furniture that oh, has I, cloth on it. it. Mm-hmm. I yeah, know. I know you're probably yeah. suffering this now as well. well the problem yeah. Yeah. they don't have a they don't have a heat treat room. So exactly they, right, and so it's probably. the whole bed bug thing. And the bed bug thing is a, a real concern here on the West Coast, but oh, specifically. Um, and so yeah. They, they, yeah, they can't sanitize any stuff like that. So if it's got cloth on it, no hard hard chairs, fine. Little cute footstools, no. So the guy's like, well, what am I going to do with these? I don't want these things. And he- Heather is seeing them and her bargain eye yeah. spots these things and goes, <clears throat> well, I'll take them. And literally the guy was in his van and driving <laughs> off. Well, yeah, seriously. But that's her jam. Yeah, yeah. Heather is like a frustrated grandma. She, <laughs> you know, we have, we have doilies. We have little doilies on our chairs. Are you old enough for that yet? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Man, it, it. But this division comes. I have my studio. Yeah, and I get to do anything I want with it. Yeah. She came in here the other day to to take a picture from me of my father, and put it in a frame. And I was like, no, that's my picture of my dad displayed the way that I want. But I throw it back to her where. It will be me yelling, Heather, this is about color. Come here. Because that's just it. I know my zone. I stay in my lane. We had an early conversation about this in the relationship where she goes, now, so would it be okay if I made decisions about style? <laughs> and it was uh, like, see, it, was, it was a moment of great relief. Did she actually a, phrase it that way? There was a long pregnant pause before she used uh, the word. And it was like, and it was like, Yes, dear. And because we've both been around the block, <laughs> we know man. what we're doing now. You know, we've been joking. Actually, it's like to, to have to to restart relationships at this time. You know, later on, you know, like at, at late in your fifties and sixties, is you you have the advantage of having made all sorts of terrible mistakes earlier. And yeah, this, is, through that my, this is my twenty seventh rodeo. For and you're Christ's paying sake. attention. Yeah. Not yeah, you're paying attention now. And so that's been really wonderful part of this. I love being I love being in a relationship where I'm older and I've done all the fuck up so I just know which ones to avoid before I start. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Well, she is in the you know, she's in the she's in the uh she's at the Peck Film School at UW Milwaukee. And so she teaches. And so she mm-hmm. teaches film editing and cinematography and oh, all that jazz. Wow. So yeah, and so it's like 
who has a, you know, even I can do this is like, okay, between you and her, who has the better eye for anything? And the answer is, well, I'm pretty her. good, but, uh, no, her. She, she stages shots. Yeah. Just shut up, yeah. Mark. Shut up, Mark. You know, shut and the, 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 really the, yeah, the, she knows the, how to put it in the frame. I, 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 go. I hear Fred. Hi, Fred. Hi, Fred. Um, do you have anything to say? <laughs> there. Oh, this is this. As soon as you put the mic in front of them, yeah. the cat gets yeah. their tongue. Animals. Animals. No, the thing for me, and I want to be clear to our listening audience, that none of us think that this is a heterosexual or heteronormative dynamic that we're talking about here. Yeah. This yeah. is just two people smashing their lives together. Yeah. And somebody is going to have hard and fast views on Somebody's something lose. and at the, if you know <laughs> by the way you know what you got to the point more than the other you got to the point a lot faster than i did ty you're right somebody's yeah. somebody's gonna lose why don't you decide which part of this equation you're gonna lose and yep. just yeah. move on and go straight to surrender rest. Yep, if I'm yep. going to gloss that at all, Andy, one of the things too is like is like she and I are both old enough and have been through the the the, the question about you know gender paradigming and stereotyping and all the rest of this to know that what we're doing and this has been the really the best part of this whole relationship is like we know enough to just sort of feel out where the other person is and just let them be that person. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, like, and that yeah. really like, is awesome. That's really and that's quite, the right answer. That's been quite wonderful, actually. And that's and, one like, of the reasons why. Describe. That's one of the reasons why I am so much happier as an older human being than I was <laughs> as a younger human being, because I can look back over the very bumpy rainbow of my life and go, yeah, that part where everything got brown. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> yeah. doing that anymore. Right. I'm yeah, staying well, with all the and, yellow. And it's not just about having made all those mistakes. It's as you get older, you get better at just letting shit go. Not everybody does. <laughs> I want to, I want to, uh, uh, I mean, I, I know that we're going to be wrapping this up soon. So I wanted to share something. Yes, please. A friend of mine uh, shared with me. Uh, for those. Oh, there we go. Know, we even got that on camera. Sorry, Ty. No, that was pissed off cat going, hey. Monkey, feed me. Yeah. Go ahead, Ty. But, but uh, for those of you that you don't know, I, I, um, I, I have a fair amount of sobriety uh, in my life. Uh, I made that choice a number of years ago. And so this came from uh, a friend of mine in, in those orbits. Mm-hmm. So let me just read this to you. Uh, I have officially run out of enough serenity to accept the things that I cannot change. <laughs> Amen. Preach. There is simply not enough fucking serenity to be found at this point. <laughs> Maybe this is a supply chain problem, too. I don't know. <laughs> I am out it's, of serenity. It's man. stuck in the uh, Suez. Serenity is crosswise in the Suez. <laughs> and with that... You've been listening to another completely aimless and pointless keep your hat on the show where hell even we don't know where we're going to go. As always, I have been Andrew Scott along with my good friends, Ty Robert Anthony and Chris Vacano. And stay curious, Dr. Wow. That's the slug line you're going with. (laughs) Yep. That didn't sound patronizing at all. (laughs) Stay curious. (laughs) You sound like Jack Horkheimer from Star Hustler. (laughs) (laughs) Greetings, greetings, fellow stargazers. (laughs) You're right. I I, I loved them too. But, and of course, Dr. Mark Peterson. And And with that, yeah, don't stay sassy. I don't ever, yes, just it. I don't think it was a toupee. I think it was just that bad oh my god really yeah keep looking I, up 
exactly. And with that, <laughs> keep your hat on because we may end up miles, miles from, here. from here. Take care, everybody. Be safe. Wear your masks, etc. Blah blah blah. Be good to each other. That's all we ask. Love we'll talk to you again soon, folks. Bye bye. Bye. Oof. Well, there's a chunk of time you can't get back. From Portland, Oregon, this has been Keep Your Hat On, a big little show about a whole lot of nothing in particular. Keep Your Hat On is a narrow band broadcast network production in association with PodSquadPDX.com. Andrew Scott, executive producer. Robert Anthony and Chris Vacano, associate producers. Our theme music was written and produced by Andrew Scott, along with help from Ron Kajawa. Website design and maintenance by Vacano Creative, Chris Vacano Webmaster. Available at VacanoCreative.com. Audio and video production by Andrew Scott. Available at AndrewScottMedia.com. Got ideas or comments for the show? Email us at talkback at kyhopodcast.com and don't forget to like, click, and subscribe. On behalf of the boys, I'm your announcer, Michael Brumage. Thanks for listening. Uh, I guess. All right, and we done and we good and we out. Was that, was that okay? Holy shit, dude. <laughs> it's too late to be concerned about the quality now. I guess so. <laughs> NBBN. The Narrow Band Broadcast Network. The focus is on you.